Now it's Just Plane Radio. Yeah. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. I can fly. Take me to the Brought to you by JustPlaneRadio.com. It's your lucky day. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. You got a plane. Call Just Plane Radio toll free now at 888-884-2FLY. And the sky's the limit. That's 888-884-2359. Sir, I'd like you to take the helm, please. I'd be glad to. Greg, your co-pilot, that's me along with Captain Dennis. We are your crew today on Just Plane Radio, the show devoted to the aviation lifestyle and learning to fly. We have a lot to navigate today. Tom Haynes from AOPA going to join us a little bit later on. We haven't talked to him since the whole Hurricane Dorian uh, recovery effort stuff has uh, been taking place that AOPA helped facilitate. So we're going to get a firsthand report from him. Also, Captain Keith is threatening to join us a little later on as well. But first, it's just Dennis and I to navigate the latest aviation news and information. So we'll do the best we can. Dennis, you ready? I'm ready. Because it is, what, Girls in Aviation Day, right? Here here in Minneapolis, it is Girls in Aviation Day. Um, and we're going to be having hosting hundreds of young ladies and their families coming out to uh, the Flying Cloud Airport to get, you know, in some cases, their firsthand experience um, with general aviation. They're going to be having representatives from uh, multiple airlines, from aviation businesses, just showing these young ladies what opportunities and what careers there are for them in aviation. Got it. Now, in solidarity, are you doing anything like wearing a man bra or anything like that? Well, I've probably been told I need one, but no, we're not going to do that. Okay. Well, then it's just me. Uh, so I, I, I'm with the ladies, uh, the gals today. Uh, and they, I, I kid. But, of course, it's a great thing. It, it's just to facilitate or get, get them enticed into the idea of getting to the aviation industry. Correct? Exactly. And Abby's going to be out there acting as a tour guide. We're going to have the Mooney out on the ramp as a static display for him today so that these girls can actually get in and touch um, an actual airplane and realize that, you know, the airport may have a fence, but it's definitely open and accessible. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I like it. So that's going on today. And, and she's going to help uh, introduce the ladies to uh, some aviation things. You're going to fly them around possibly too in your Mooney. Is that the idea? I'm going to do whatever. Yep. I'm going to do whatever they want me to do. Uh, I've offered the Mooney for, uh, for flights for young Eagles. I'm all checked out with the EAA to be able to do that. Um, we're going to have the Mooney on static display when it's not giving rides. And Abby's going to be there, you know, like I said, acting as a tour guide. She knows just about as much about the plane as I do now that she's learning to fly. Mm-hmm. She does. And, and so this is only at your airport or is this going on across the country? Um, so because Minnesota tends to get a little cold um, sooner than other parts of the country, we do our Girls in Aviation Day in September. Okay. Uh, but I believe it's uh, the third week in October for the rest of the nation. So. Mm-hmm. Check with your local women in aviation chapter and find out when they're having the Girls in Aviation Day in your area. Um, there'll be opportunities for you to volunteer if you are interested in helping them out. Um, and if you have young girls in your fa- household, bring them. There you go. Uh, bring them out to the airport. Give them those uh, the air pl- young eagles rides and you know all sorts of opportunities. Get them exposed. There's lots of careers, lots of things that women can do in aviation. Absolutely. Good stuff. All right. We'll keep at that. Now, uh, we got a lot of stories we got to navigate here as well and, and catching up on a few things. Now, Tyler Perry, 
Uh, I, you know, I, I don't really like his films. I, it's just me. Uh, you, but you know, what, but you don't he, like Medea. I, I'm, I don't know. I just it doesn't do much for me. But I mean, he's made bajillion uh, dollars, and he's done a lot of great work. So I'm not knocking him. I'm just like, like I said, I'm not that familiar with all his movies and stuff. But he's done some good stuff for the folks in the Bahamas. Is that right? That's right. Um, he's actually been flying his own personal seaplane, so he's your own personal hero. It looks like he's got a caravan on amphibs, and he's using that to start, you know, bring supplies to the folks in the Bahamas. Now, is he flying over there as Medea? Is he? Is he? Well, is I would Medea? hope he would. I mean, that would only make sense, right? That would definitely uh, brighten their day. I would think maybe wouldn't it if if he actually did that? But I don't think he's doing that. He, he's not, is he even flying his own plane? Is he really doing this, or is he just? least you know lending his plane and his pilot to go help him out i would imagine as busy as he is um you know he's probably got his pilots doing the bulk of right. the flying but you know still the fact is he's you know volunteering his time and and materials and his aircraft and doing what he can to help those you know those less fortunate so that's a good thing yeah it it is and every little bit helps so whether it's him or you know just him donating his stuff I think it's good stuff. So even though I don't, you know, dig his movies, I'm not a big Medea fan or Medea or whatever. Yeah, you know, uh, God bless him. Uh, that's good stuff. All right. So another story that uh, is a little more recent, and I'm not really a fan of them either. I'll be honest. Um, Spirit Airlines put out a press release about their new seating and their new airplanes. Is this right? Yeah, they've got some uh, newly designed seats. Okay. That they're putting into their Airbus fleet. All right. And I assume, or everybody assumes, they're smaller and closer together and less comfortable. So what are you seeing from this press release? What do you think? Well, I'd say you're not wrong entirely, and it depends on where you measure them. But apparently now with the new seats, they've actually given you an extra inch of width if you're in the middle seat. So I don't know if that makes the middle seat a better a better seat or no. not. Uh, you know, no, you don't like the middle seat either? Never. Never, But, but, yeah, but they're that, trying to entice people with an extra inch? For an inch, extra buttocks? inch of seat cushion in oh, the middle seat. All right. But... The most interesting part of it is every airline seat you get into, it's like sitting on a chunk of plywood. It's, you know, flat straight across. Mm -hmm. Well, they've put a little bit of a curve into the seat. So you sit back further into the seat, which gives you more effective space because you're sliding back into the seat where instead of being held forward. Mm -hmm. So that even though they didn't change the seat pitch, that's the distance between rows. It's normally 31 inches on most domestic carriers. Spirit runs theirs at 28 inches. So you, you've lost three inches, but they're, they're saying that with this curved back, you gain back some more usable space. Oh, okay. So the fact that it's more aerodynamic, what, uh, aerogonomic. Yeah, that's the word. Right. We'll go with that one. That it makes you feel like you have more space. Right. But uh, only if you measure from the middle of the seat to the side of the other seat. If right. you measure middle to middle, it's still the same. Okay, because it's a little curved. Yeah, I, I get it, but I'm not buying it. Sorry. I mean, you know, honestly, I'll tell you, I, I flew on uh, Spirit, and their planes are, you know, were newer, and the seats, I, I kind of liked them. Uh, I thought interior was uh, pretty nice. But I had some problems with their schedules, and that's a whole other issue, and canceling flights and delays and crap like that. But, but you know, everybody has their own little issues with this hey, airline. Hey, you get what airline. you pay for, Greg. Well, okay, you don't pay much <laughs> with them, that's for sure, sometimes. So, you know, sometimes they're very effective, and sometimes, you know, hey, 
uh, they can uh, they can get you. But any airline can can get you that way. But but these new seats don't even recline. I do not like that part of it because uh, before oh, I think they uh, did. I think it should be a requirement that seats not recline because what? the minute somebody reclines, you're in my space. What do you mean? I'm in I your try to space. put my iPad on the on the tray table in front of me. You recline your seat. Now all of a sudden, I lost six inches in my iPads. You know, being crushed down on my lap and I can't see the screen. Well, that's not my fault. Being in front of you, that is my space but, that I have a right to no, claim. You just you just intervened and took into my space. You're in. If you draw no, the you're line in that little is, thirty-one inches, you're supposed to recline back. If the guy reclines in front of you, so you can get your space back. It's simple as that. That's how it works, Dennis. That is my space. And if anybody complains that sitting behind me when I recline my seat, screw you. That's why I bring a handful of nickels and stick it into the seat back before the person in front of me so they can't recline their seat. Yeah. Well, that don't work. Uh, That doesn't work on a lot of seats. And if you try to do that to me, I will find a way to work it out, work them coins out. (laughs) Because, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's... uh, you know, that's part of what you pay for when you, you know, get your seat. You want to be able to recline, go sleep or whatever. Uh, the most annoying thing is if someone's like pounding on the back of you or, or they're doing something with their computer or their tray and they're not very, uh, you know, uh, cognizant of every time they, you know, tap on their tray, it kind of oh, wakes oh, the guy this, up in front of you. Would this be the guy that brings his joystick for his flight simulator and is trying to fly the airplane on short final, Greg? Um, well, it just maybe, yeah. But uh, but no, I don't do that on the tray. <laughs> I'm t- I'm sensitive to the guy in front of me. I am or gal. But uh, but no, I I think uh, reclining in the seat is is totally your right. And I you know the, when they don't recline, I mean, it, okay, let me put it this way: if they don't recline and it's like a half hour, maybe even up to an hour flight, that's okay. But something longer than that, I mean, you want to be able to maybe, you know, catch some Zs and, and kick back and get relaxed. And and if you're all straight up and stuff, you, you, it's hard to get comfortable. You hear what I'm saying, Dennis? No, I don't have a problem with it. I actually prefer to be sitting upright. The, the slouching back, I don't want to be looking at the people in the row behind me because my seats lean back and I'm well, what, staring what, them in the face. What kind of uh, planes are you flying that recline that much? Oh, my gosh. Well, but seriously, if you do recline the seat, uh, if somebody's in the middle and they're leaning back, you can actually see their head. And it's well, like, I don't need to see Only that. if you look. You don't have to look. I, I don't have a problem with it. I don't care what I see. I'm sleeping when I'm reclining. Maybe it's just me. But uh, I like the reclining. Don't take that away. God help us. We got more coming up on Just Plain Radio. Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot. And flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. 
Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. A state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. Whether you're a flight student, an experienced pilot, or simply an aviation enthusiast, there is a place for you as a member of the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association. Join AOPA to get the latest general aviation news, safety resources, and technical support you need to sharpen your skills and become a central part of the nation's vibrant general aviation community. Learn more about becoming a member at AOPA.org. That's AOPA.org. Be an explorer in the other two-thirds of your world. Be the buddy who takes the kids in the aquarium instead of just to it. Be adventurous. Be amazed. Be a diver. Off with Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Colonel, with all due respect, that new jet is a death trap. It's the 1950s. Everything's a death trap. Now have three martinis, a pack of smokes, and get in that plane. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot. That's me along with Captain Dennis. Uh, coming up, we got Tom Haynes from AOPA. Also, uh, Captain Keith from the uh, Just Plane Radio crew threatening to join us as well. But uh, Dennis and I are navigating the latest aviation news at the uh, moment. And some of this involves drones. So let's go ahead and get that out of the way because Keith hates it when I bring it up to him. <laughs> what do you got, Dennis? So been seeing a lot more articles recently about uh, businesses getting more active with the the use of drones. Uh, There was a a great article in uh, one of the newspapers about how Nationwide Insurance has uh, been deploying a fleet of drones to be uh, doing house inspections. You know, here in the Midwest, uh, it's that time of year for thunderstorms and hail damage. And so instead of having insurance adjusters climbing up onto people's roofs and with ladders, you know, you get a steep and falling roof and off a, and have to make another exactly you know we don't we don't need that so yeah. they're they're actually able to take a drone with a high resolution camera and fly right up to the roof be able to capture the pictures they need to be able to view, you know verify the damage and assess what's going on and you know think about it it's you know you're right there on the ground and all you know one stop shopping you get it all done you do the inspection grab the pictures put it all together all without leaving you know technically your car right so I, you're I, I fine until a, uh your neighbor uh sees a drone flying over the, your houses and decides hey wait a minute i'm gonna take that puppy out what's that up there for 
and then he blows it. Well, I think that opens up a whole bunch of other problems, you know. Yeah. Yeah, Especially since it was over your house, not the neighbor's house. He's really got no no case there. Yeah, but you can see down into the uh, pool area of your neighbor's house, and they might be, you know. Yeah, there's another creative recreational use of a drone. (laughs) Okay. Uh, One that'll get you thrown in jail. (laughs) But... Well, it depends who's in the pool next right. door, correct? It depends on what they're doing in the pool, right? And if they prefer not to be, you know, filmed nude sunbathing or something like that. We have that issue here in Florida quite a bit. Maybe not so much up where you are. The filming but, or the nude sunbathing? Well, a little bit of both. A little bit of both. Well, I guess I, maybe I need to move to Florida sooner well, than hey, I thought. He's got a plan. He's got a plan. All right. But there was more than one drone story that you wanted to uh, share today, right? So we have that. Right. And what else? Well, and also, um, we, we're starting to see it being used more uh, by aviation businesses. Um, Austrian Airlines has actually uh, been experimenting and doing testing with using drones to do their maintenance inspections. You know, you, when you have to bring these airliners into the shop and put all that scaffolding and bucket trucks around for your mechanics to go and check for, you know, damage or paint uh, chipping, things like that, mm-hmm. uh, it takes a lot of work and setup. They're finding it's much more effective to just launch the drone in the hangar again with the same type of high resolution cameras. And, uh, you know, they can even make it autonomous and set up a automatic, uh, filming of the airplane and have the mechanic review the pictures later. Interesting. So think about the time and effort that that's saving them and the cost. I mean, those, those scaffolds, you know, can cost a, a significant chunk of, uh, of money. And now you don't even technically need them because you can just take your drone out and go fly all the way up to the top of the the T-tail there to check it out and, you know, look at the antennas on the roof of the, or the the upper, you know, upper shell of the aircraft and all Mm -hmm. of that. Well, that makes sense. Now, uh, how far are we uh, away from incorporating some drone walkarounds? How about that? See, use your iPhone. I think you're going to see it because in the hangar. It's not part of the national airspace system. So the rules of flying a drone at an airport don't apply. If you're outside doing the walk around by the, as an, as a first officer, what happens if the drone has a runaway? Now, all of a sudden you're launching a drone into the middle of a high density, uh, air traffic area. That's probably not a good thing. So I don't know that we'll see it until we can get uh, much more reliable, um, you know, integrity for the remote control and things like that. that well, you don't no need like a, a big drone. You need one of them little baby drones that works with yeah. your iPhone and it films your walk around uh, and, and you walk around and you film it and you have a documentation of yeah, your walk that, around that'd be too. great. But what happens if your battery goes dead on your iPhone or you lose connection or something like that? And now all of a sudden the drone takes off untethered. And it's in the do middle of an airport. Do they do that? I thought they automatically just go to the ground. I thought they, they most of them will default to fly up to a certain height, pause, wait for a connection, and then return to the starting point. But mm-hmm. if something were to happen, if the uh, uh, you know circuit board was to fry, if it's raining out or something like that, who knows? It could be very unpredictable what happens, and that's what the FAA is concerned about. Yeah. And well, you, you wouldn't want that flying around on the ramp and getting sucked into an intake of another airplane as it's taxiing by or something. Well, I like guess that. there's that. Yeah, but it would be pretty cool. I mean, if you could do your walk around from the comfort of uh, you know the. Uh, I don't know, the standby room at the flight school, you know, where you don't even have to go out to the deck when it's like 95 degrees and just doing a walk around, you're going to start sweating like a, like a pig. 
especially right yeah, now in Florida. But you're still, still going like to have that. to go and, you know, pop the engine compartment over and look at the oil and things like that. I mean, right. Yeah. You can at least go and take and get a good look at the upper part of the rudder, which you probably never check on a Cessna because uh, it's too hard to reach up and check that beacon light at the tip of the, the rudder. But still. Well, yeah, you can't um, turn on the electronics and stuff, but you could do, you know, just a, a visual walk around just looking at stuff. I don't know. It, it, just an idea. It's the future. It'll happen. But it, it's it's maybe a you know a few days yeah, away. What I see so. probably happening in the future is we don't even have to pre-flight. The computer will self-check itself because we won't be flying it, right? That's what I'm waiting for. Yeah, I kid. Uh, anyway, uh, you know, it is that time of year where you're starting to, well, plan for the weather to kind of, you know, I don't know, uh, keep you in, in the hangar with your, your plane, right? Because it's you're going to be snowed in. You're going to be like a Eskimo here in, in another few weeks. Is that right? That sure feels like it, doesn't it? But yeah. Yeah. Sure. I mean, with the girls in Aviation Day going on, we needed to uh, get the airplane cleaned up. I didn't want anybody looking at a you know a whole summer's worth of grease on the belly. So we've yeah. we've summer's already taken over. the airplane out to the wash rack and given it a good uh, good once over and got it all cleaned up. And then while you're at it, you know, time to change the oil and get all that ready for winter flying season. So it's been busy. We've had the cowls off, the oil drained, sent out for testing. So this is what you just call this winter maintenance or winter prep or what? Yeah, more of a winter prep. I mean, it's, we're doing the one big, uh, you know, all of the preventative maintenance that we can do now while it's still warm outside and get everything done. And Hopefully that'll carry us through the winter flying that we don't have to maybe do another oil change until spring. And at that point, it'll be time for annuals. So we'll get that all done at the same time. Right. But you got to get, uh, make sure your heater's charged up and all that kind of stuff. Uh, we don't have a heater in the hangar, unfortunately. So, uh, it's, it's, uh, all we have is the, uh, the plug in on the engine block itself, but right. you know, by getting it going through and checking everything, making sure it's all clean, all the cables are there and it yeah. still works, that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah I mean, I'd use exactly. it all summer, right? Nope. It's been, uh, been plenty hot comfortable up here. But now it's going to cool down. All right. He's getting his Mooney 201 in shape for winter flying. Maybe you should do the same. We got more coming up. Stay close. Just plain radio. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Up around the stratosphere at 31,000 feet. I'm gonna fly on out of here on wings that you can't see. If you're gonna fly high without fear, you're gonna have to learn to love the atmosphere, and you gotta learn to use those wings you can't see. This is Just Plane Radio. Gregor Copilot, that's me. Now I've sent Dennis off to go celebrate Girls in Aviation Day at his local airport and brought in Captain Keith. Keith, how are you, buddy? I'm doing fantastic. All right. I see you're wearing a push-up bra in I, honor of his uh, Girls in Aviation event. That's, that's right. It's a little beyond you know the support I think they were looking for. Well, you got to support them in any way we can, you know. So here okay. I am. Okay. Well, I am too. They don't so, have to get picky, hey, you know. They, well, they're not. No, they're doing good works, and thank God he's not doing that. I just, I just throw that in there for my own amusement. Uh, also, we have uh, from AOPA Tom Haynes. Tom, how are you, buddy? Long time no chat. Ah, uh, Greg, it has been a while. Yeah, it's uh, we've not been able to connect with uh, our schedule, so it's great, great to be with you. And hey, Keith, how's it going? 
Doing wonderful. Doing wonderful. Good Excellent. to talk to you again. Excellent. Yes. Yeah, now, it's yeah, good to be on with you guys. Well, you, you got it back at you. And, you know, I, you've had more important things to do, like go save the folks in the Bahamas and help, uh, you know, orchestrate the aviation community's support. And, and you've been hot and heavy in that. And I kind of want to dive right into what you've seen. And, uh, and obviously, we can talk about what people can still do as far as uh, assisting those folks that have been right. ravaged by Hurricane Dorian. So I don't know where you want to start, Tom. I mean, I, I have a feeling you have a few stories to share. Am I right? Well, yeah. We uh, we actually approached this one the last time, or a little different than the last time. You remember in 2017 uh, when Irma hit Florida, some of us went down with our airplanes and were flying relief missions into Key West uh, a few days after the storm into some of the little teeny airports down there, the private airports at, at Summerlin Key and uh, a couple other places. And and this time around, when hurricane uh, the hurricane hit the Bahamas, and I've been there many times, as I know you have, and a lot of pilots we know go to the, the Bahamas pretty routinely. It's a wonderful place to use a general aviation airplane. Sure. And, but we recognized that it was different. First of all, the the destruction was unbelievable at Abaco, in particular, and also in Grand Bahama. And while it's an an easy flight over there, only you know, 50 miles uh, to start. It's a, a very different kind of flying than flying down to the Keys. Well, no doubt. And uh, we're, we're going to get much deeper into this because I know he saw some stuff. He shared it through AOPA Live, but he's going to share it on Just Plain Radio here next. Stay close. Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. With Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. I'm getting pretty good just trying to figure out these landings. Increase altitude. Increase, Increase altitude. altitude. It always says it. No, I'm Increase trying to altitude. land. Terrain alert. I know terrain there's alert. terrain. I'm trying to terrain land alert. on the terrain. Terrain alert. Pull up. I will Pull not. Up. I am my Pull own up. person. Pull up. Terrain alert. Pull up. Terrain alert. Damn it. Landing unsuccessful. Yeah, I saw you, freaking dogs! is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot, that's me, along with Captain Keith. And also from uh, AOPA, we have Tom Haynes. That's Bruce Dickinson from Iron Maiden, by the way. Uh, you didn't see him over there in the Bahamas uh, lending his 777 uh, to, to the relief efforts, I assume. Is that is that? No, it? no, I, I didn't, but it wouldn't surprise me. He loves to fly that thing, so... Yeah. Uh, yeah, he, he and they've got the air, airports are opened up enough now. He can actually get that thing in with a with a big load of of uh, supplies, which well, they desperately need. I got to say, you know, uh, Medea or Tyler Perry uh, is over there doing. I don't know if he's dressed up as Ty, of uh, as Medea or whatever his character is, but uh, uh-huh. he supposedly lent some of his seaplanes or something. So I don't know. Yeah, you didn't see any th- stuff like that. You just saw the the wreckage and the the aftermath of Hurricane Dor- Dorian. I assume on the northern end of the Bahamas. Is that right? Yeah. Well, actually, you know, uh, 
we didn't even go to the Abaco. Our, our role is different this time, as I was saying in the last segment, where we really took on the role less about flying over ourselves. There's lots and lots of pilots with great airplanes who are, are willing to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we did was we took on uh, a bit more of a communications and coordination role where meeting with uh, various officials. So I did go to NASA and met with some government, Bahamian government officials to help explain to them what the challenges were, were being that were being faced by GA pilots. And so uh, they were very receptive to understanding what, what we needed from them. And as a result, what we got pretty quickly thereafter was a lot more FAA involvement from an air traffic management standpoint uh, and also um, uh, just better sort of processes for pilots to go through regarding customs and border protection and what the NEMA, which is their answer to FEMA. Mm-hmm. And uh, so anyhow, I I did fly back over Grand Bahama after dark, though, and on our way back to the States. And I was surprised at the how much light there was down there. The island was actually fairly well lit up given that this was only a few days after the storm passed. Hmm. So that was encouraging that the right. grid maybe wasn't as in bad a shape as we had originally been led to believe. Yeah. But I know that that it was even worse over on Abaco. Uh, the, the, the stories I heard from pilots who are coming back from there and uh, photos, of course, that we've all seen in the video is, is just astounding. So the need is going to be great for a long time. Uh, General Aviation Airplanes served a great role, particularly in the first week or two. And uh, now a lot of the rebuilding effort, of course, is better done by ships and that sort of thing. But there is going to be a continuing need for supplies to be brought in, uh, I think, particularly to Abaco for for quite a while uh, because the relief workers who are over there, the construction workers uh, who are volunteering their time from some of the organizations that help rebuild uh, they don't have a great means of officially getting supplies over there quickly. And, of course, avi- airplanes can do that much more quickly than boats. And, so and as, what, as far as, as what you guys did with the communication aspect, that's really the problem with flying to a place like the Bahamas. It's not flying into the uh, you know, into the out islands. and It's like flying into a, a small little airport in the States. That part of the flying part's easy. It's all the paperwork and the customs and the clearance and, and getting back to the states without them, you know, wanting to give you a cavity search. It's the issue. And that's kind of the stuff <laughs> you've been, that you've been there. Yeah. <laughs> but the, but that's the kind of stuff you are trying to work with the Bahamas and cut U.S. customs to try to streamline right. the process. Yeah, that after I was in Nassau the next day, I did meet with uh, U.S. Coast Guard and uh, customs officials, and we kind of laid that out. And I got to tell you, customs who, you know, is, is gives GA a lot of grief when it comes to cross-border stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were pretty cooperative. They were like, you know, look, the pilot should have all the documents that we expect. But if you end up bringing back people who need to come to the United States and they don't have all the paperwork because it just got blown away in a hurricane. Right. Uh, we understand and we'll work with you. We'll get those people processed individually and we're not going to bust the pilot. And uh, so we, we really welcomed that. It was a nice cooperative um, sort of response from CBP. They also offered to, to extend their hours. They normally close around seven mm-hmm. in, in Florida. And they said, if you need us there longer, just let us know. We'll have agents there. So that that was good. Yeah. Now, was that the main problem of uh, uh, overall or was it just getting clearance for airspace and flights? Uh, for for people wanting to fly their private uh, aircraft over there with some supplies and stuff. 
What do you think? Yeah, there was a lot of congestion. It was the, eventually the Bahamian government put up a, a temporary flight restriction over the whole area, and you were supposed to get permission to go there. A lot of pilots ignored that, and they mm-hmm. were just gone because they were so passionate about helping, which is you know admirable. However, it does create chaos when the runway situation is so bad over there. The runways were relatively clear or clear pretty quickly, but the ramp areas were not necessarily. So they didn't have a lot of space to offload goods and get the airplanes out of there quickly because and then more and more airplanes were coming up. And so um, it was really, that was the big issue. That's where the, the FA stepped in, started low altitude air traffic management. They put a uh, an AWACS in the sky over there and that became sort of command and control from an air traffic standpoint, hmm. uh, which helped and kind of smooth things out. And, and the Air Force asked us to alert pilots to make sure they're following the proper procedures. And so we sent an email out uh, that first weekend after the storm uh, to about 140,000 email addresses in our system to everybody in the Southeast saying, hey, look, if you're going to go, make sure you're affiliated with an an organization and make sure you're following the proper uh, air traffic uh, uh, system that they put in place in kind of a hurry. So So there was like ATC in the sky with that aircraft? That, yeah, uh, you're handed off to Hustler was the was the name of the AWACS, and uh, they had a VHF frequency that we all use, and mm-hmm. and uh, they were it, it was like you were talking to a, just a controller on the ground somewhere, but he happened to be orbiting up overhead, wow. and was kind of helping to manage uh, traffic flow in and out of the airports and keep things safe. That was so, that was a big challenge. We were worried about uh, midair collisions and all kinds of stuff. Well, of course. Now, so our, our, our pilots initially there were guys going over there that or I shouldn't say guys pilots going over there that were turning transponders off and just not doing it is that all solved now well I'm it- it probably is still happening to, to an extent, but I think people have gotten the message and they now understand that the system is working better, so they're not so frustrated. I think that's what was driving people to the bad behavior was that they just wanted to help and it's like, screw it, I'm going. Yeah. And and now that, that the kind of the immediate crisis is over, um, I think pilots are now being more responsible and following the procedures and it seems like it's going better. Well, when you say procedures, what I'm wondering is in the aftermath immediately following when people started trying to get over there and do that, you'd just operate like a non-towered airport, wouldn't you? Or was it a totally different animal because it's the Bahamas and, like you said, they put up that initial flight restriction over the area or what? Yeah, I mean, you could certainly operate like you would here in a non-towered environment um, and just broadcast your position but again, the problem was that the runways were barely passable and barely usable at several of the airports over there. And then there really was little to no space to actually get off the runway. So somebody could be coming in right behind you and you're sitting on the runway or, or very near the runway. Right. And and then somebody's behind that person and somebody's behind that person. And all of a sudden you got all this traffic all backed up. Mm-hmm. And then you have a really dangerous environment of airplanes flying low and slow uh, around an airport like that. And you're just asking for trouble. Sure. Now, uh, despite all that, I haven't heard of any uh, incidents. Were there any uh, airplane incidents in the aftermath like that or or do we know yet? Well, not that I've heard of. Uh, I've heard people talking about some close calls right. and getting a little upset with other pilots who Which weren't you would following expect, procedures. Yeah. Um, but uh, fortunately, you know, knock on wood, I uh, haven't heard of any actual incidences where uh, anybody's gotten hurt or airplanes damaged. Yeah. Now, Marsh Harbor, like you said, was one of the hardest hit areas. And I've seen the pictures and the video. And I know some friends over there, too, that I've seen some personal stuff that is really uh, jaw-dropping. 
But uh, Freeport International Airport was underwater for the longest time. Have, have Has that started to get reopened, or is that going to be a while, or do we know? I haven't really heard no. the latest on that. Yeah, no, Freeport's back open again, and um, it's being used at a pretty good clip. All right, Uh, One of the challenges they were facing was they do have a control tower there, but they didn't have power. And the the controllers uh, were working 24-7. They had no place to go, so they were actually sleeping in the tower, Mm. and they had no air conditioning, no food. So there were several relief organizations that launched missions for the sole purpose of bringing fans and generators and meals MREs and whatnot to right. the controllers so they could continue to work and help separate traffic over there. Well, that's that's good. You know, everybody steps up, does what they can. I have no doubt about yeah. that. And uh, they'll, they'll be back. The Bahamas will be back. We got more with Tom Haynes oh, from yeah. AOPA next here on Just Plain Radio. Stay close. Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Be an explorer in the other two-thirds of your world. Be the buddy who takes the kids in the aquarium instead of just to it. Be adventurous. Be amazed. Be a diver. For nearly 75 years, the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association has been a beacon for those who cherish the freedom to fly. AOPA protects your rights as a pilot by fighting airspace restrictions, fuel taxes, user fees, airport closings, and other issues that threaten your ability to take to the sky. AOPA is on the front lines every day to ensure that general aviation and the interests of its members are promoted and safeguarded. Learn more about how you can become a member at AOPA.org. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot. And flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. A state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. You are now clear for takeoff with Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. You gonna ride shotgun with me, help me fly? That's the plan.
This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot, Captain Keith, and uh, from AOPA, we also have Tom Haynes, who has uh, been helping out with the recovery effort over in uh, the Bahamas. At least initially with the communications and everything, AOPA stepped up to help to facilitate, uh, you know, the first line of defense or recovery after a disaster like this. GA pilots are really, you know, you got to get supplies in there quick. And it's really the only way to do it is either via, you know, a small aircraft like that or or uh, helicopters. But, uh, you know, it's ongoing. It's going to be a while before, you know, Freeport and Marsh Harbor and Abaco, then the northwest side of the Bahamas. Uh, I mean, they just took such a, a massive hit from Hurricane Dorian. It's going to be a while before they're back and uh, operating. But just uh, one little note, I will tell you, if you really want to show your support, obviously you can give to the Bahamian Red Cross, and there's a ton of organizations where you can you know, don- donate money. But one other thing that you can do is remember that the Bahamas are a very wide swath of islands, like 700 islands scattered over a thousand square miles or something like that. So go to Nassau, go to Bimini, go to, uh, you know, uh, KSL banks or someplace, uh, off the coast of the Bahamas and, and book a vacation, support the other islands. that really weren't affected by the hurricane much at all and spend your tourist money because they will use that money to obviously support their business, which they're going to suffer from, even though they did not get affected by the, uh, by the hurricane and that money will eventually obviously filter up north uh, west to the other islands that were so uh, don't cancel your trips to the Bahamas they are they're wide open and ready for business and they need it more yeah. uh, more now than ever wouldn't you agree Tom oh absolutely man I, I we were just talking about that here so I'm glad you brought that up it's uh, one way we could help is is really go over there and continue to go to the Bahamas. Many of us, as I said, have been there lots of times. The Out Islands are an incredible place to use a general aviation airplane. Yeah. We've got uh, at AOPA, we've got the Bahamas Guide, which lists every airport of the Bahamas that's open to the public and, and also private ones where you can request permission and photographs of every airport. So, And, and a lot of the resorts uh, have ads in there. And so places like the Exumas and Andros and um, Long Island, Crooked Island, mm-hmm. places like that, uh, Cat Island, they have wonderful GA report uh, resorts on them and and airports and fishing, and it is it is a great place to go. And so it's a wonderful way to show your support for, for the Bahamas is to go there and spend your tourism dollars. Yes. You know, a friend uh, described it to me like this, like, consider Hurricane Dorian a giant tornado that hit a, a section of the Bahamas and just really hit it hard, obviously. Yeah. And then, you know, the neighborhood right next to it is perfectly fine. That's kind of what has happened in the Bahamas, and people don't realize a lot of times how spread out it really is. And uh, those other islands, uh, I mean, they're just, they they really need the business more now than ever because a lot of people just think everybody was wiped out there in the Bahamas, and that's just not the case. So uh, keep that in mind for sure. Uh, What about some of the stuff you saw? Well, now, when you flew into Nassau to start help uh, to communicate or help the facilitate, help the communication issues, resolve them there in the Bahamas for the relief efforts. You had to fly into Nassau, and even that was a challenge initially. Is that right? Yeah, they were pretty saturated with traffic. Uh, When we were handed off to uh, Nassau Approach, uh, we were told we were number 15 to land, and about 20 minutes of holding later, uh, we were number 13 to land. So they were not uh, getting very many airplanes in there at all. 
and when we did finally get on the ground, uh, the airport was just, there were airplanes everywhere and people in the FBO, there were relief organizations and people with backpacks prepared to be there for weeks mm. in the FBO, just waiting for a lift out of there to try to get up to the affected areas. And then when we went to leave after meeting with the uh, Bahamian officials, uh, we were told it was going to be a more than two hour wait to get a clearance. Uh, fortunately, uh, one of the guys who was with us from one of the relief organizations happened to know an admiral in the Coast Guard. He he made a call and all of a sudden, voila, our clearance came through and we got out of there relatively quickly. Um, but uh, by then it was dark and, and most people weren't going or you weren't allowed, able to go into the uh, affected areas anyhow. So it didn't feel like we were really displacing anybody who had an uh, immediate need to get anywhere. Right. But uh, anyhow, it was it was uh, pretty saturated there. Uh, so they were overwhelmed throughout uh, that part of the country uh, hmm. as well. And as you know, that's just south of Grand Bahama anyhow. Well, I would imagine as time goes on, it's only getting better and better. Hopefully now it's a little bit more of a fine-oiled machine. But yeah, initially, I'm sure they were just totally overwhelmed. I will tell you, you know, yep. some uh, personal anecdotes I heard from some friends over there uh, that the, the people of the Bahamas, man, are they resilient. I mean, they, uh, one guy was telling me that uh, – you know, all the devastation you saw, you know, boats up on people's driveways and, you know, on houses and flipped over, you know, roofs and everything. He says it was just a disaster area, as you, as we all have seen. But he's like, he's talking to this uh, Bahamian cab driver or driver that was driving him around the area. And he was just kind of more nonchalant, like, well, you know, I I, I uh, waited it out in the uh, church. We've survived. Sure, the house is, is gone, but we're going to rebuild and it's fine. You know, and he was just he, he was just blown away with their uh, you know their their how how they've been handling it over there. Did you see any of that when you were in Nassau? What do you think? Well, Tom? actually, uh, had an interesting observation. Uh, the the car service that picked us up at the airport and took us uh, downtown Nassau to where the government buildings are for the meeting. Uh, I was asking her. I'm like, well, I know you didn't get a lot of damage here in Nassau, but how bad was the storm? And she said, well, you know, we had a lot of rain. The street we're on right now, it was all flooded and that sort of thing. And I said, well, what about wind? How, how much wind did you have? And she said, oh, that, you know, it wasn't that bad. It was like 80 gusting to 100. <laughs> exactly. It's all about <laughs> so perspective. Yes. It is all about perspective. You know, we'd be completely freaking out about that. But to them, it's like, oh, it's just another windy day. Exactly. Another just uh, afternoon blow in the Bahamas. But, yeah, they got stuff a little bit more powerful than that in certain areas. But still, yeah, kept a very absolutely. positive attitude, brought out the best in people, including uh, general aviation pilots yeah. in the community. So good stuff. On that note, we'll wrap it up. Till next time, remember, there's no better high than learning to fly. Learning to fly. Just Plane Radio is brought to you by JustPlaneRadio.com. I say we take off and nuke the entire site from Morbid. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. It's the only way to be sure. Just Plane Radio is a production of Overboard Entertainment Incorporated. But just plain wrong. Remember, you can listen live or to archives of past shows worldwide over the internet at JustPlaneRadio.com. I'm going to leave my people up to the radio tower. So tell a friend and take off every week with Just Plane Radio. And I'm going to make a call. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. 
Listen up, everybody. Hi, some news. The opinions you just heard on Just Plain Radio are those of the hosts, callers, and guests. We are screwed. They are not necessarily those of any station or network, its management or advertisers. A little too far. Cross the line. There are many factors to consider before learning to fly. What is your problem? So make sure you do your own research and get the proper instruction before your exploration into aviation. Thank you very much, sir. Have any questions or comments? Feel free to do so via the web at JustPlainRadio.com. 